You're listening to The Teaching Toolbox with Brittany and Ellie. Join them as they talk all things middle school. Hey there, I'm Ellie and I'm here with Brittany. Hello. And today we're going to step into the colorful world of education on The Teaching Toolbox, the podcast tailor-made for middle school teachers. In this episode, we're unlocking the secrets of teaching with color, using color to bring lessons to life, organization with color that can make your classroom look like a work of art, and a whole spectrum of strategies to inspire and empower our young learners. Today, we have the pleasure of welcoming our guest, Bridget of Math Giraffe, to help us tune into color. Welcome, Bridget. Thank you. Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into all things color? Sure. At MathGraph, I focus on blending creativity into the classroom, and especially in math class, so we can get both hemispheres of the brain involved and kind of activate that stronger learning by getting kids to get a little more creative. Cool. Well, when I think of using color in the classroom, I mainly used it for organization. I used it in an elementary experience, uh, mainly for myself in benefiting myself so that I could organize my materials and supplies and storage areas to make everything flow better for myself in that respect. And so every week I would go through the colors in rainbow order because that made logical sense to me, rainbow order. And each week would be a different color. So I'd start out with pastel pink. And so the spelling list would be in pastel pink. And The homeworks for that week would be in pastel pink, and the behavior chart for that week would be in pastel pink, and everything was in pastel pink for me that week, and then the next week I'd switch to like salmon, and then to light yellow, and so on, and when I moved to middle school, I still needed to use color. Color is very important to me in helping my brain understand things, and so In middle school, I used it more for the students' benefit where I separated my class periods into colors. And so I had like first period was red, third period was yellow, and so on. And then everything in that class period was done in that color. So when I wrote on the agenda board, it was in red or it was in yellow or it was in green. When I had their portfolios up front they were in red, yellow, green, blue, purple. Mm-hmm. Their reward buckets were in red, yellow, green, bur- blue, purple. And so that's how I've mainly used color in my experience teaching. But I know it can be used in a lot of other ways. I do have a blog post about using color in the classroom for organization. And we'll link that in the show notes. But I know you can also use it for, like, differentiation. There's, you know, wars all the time on the internet about what color is math or what color (sighs) is science, you know. And people, like, get all offended and stuff. You know, I always considered math to be red. What about you guys? Yeah. (laughs) But I love the idea of sorting by class period. That's so smart. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was not nearly as colorful as you in in my organization within my classroom, but I did use different color folders for different classes at at one point in time. I used to have 
I used to make them keep everything in the classroom at a point in time where they were always losing things. And so when we did that, I had those stair files and I would keep all of their folders in there. So like first period might be red and second period might be green and third period blue. And then they would know exactly where those folders were in the classroom. And if I happened to move them, they could just identify which color they were looking for, which color was their class, and they could easily find those. So I did the thing, you know, that with with their class periods. But then if students had trouble organizing themselves personally, as far as getting their homework done, keeping their notebooks organized, things like that, that was often something that we would suggest to them that they use the same color notebook and folder and and everything for a particular subject. So maybe they kept a red folder with a red notebook for math and a green folder with a green notebook for science and a blue notebook with a blue folder for social studies, whatever the case may be. And then even in their assignment books, if they took and either wrote their assignments in that matching color or put a a square around the block for that subject in that color, it just kind of keep them a little bit more organized using using the colors to help them in that way. That's so smart. I like along with the like teacher prep end of things using color and like you were both kind of talking about before we get into how students use color, which I'm also very passionate about. With the teacher prep parts, it's good even to print in color, which of course we always have copy restrictions, but anytime you can, if the kids can be seeing color. Or even if not, if you can't do that, at least colored paper. Like, go ahead and take advantage. They usually have all those, you know, brights or whatever, because even just seeing the color on their page will help the kids make memory connections. Like, oh, I know, remember that when it was on the orange paper. Like, it's one of the most powerful signals to our brain. So we can use color in all these little ways when we're even prepping or setting up our classroom to help boost learning and memory. There was a study done, University of British Columbia, and this was published in Science Magazine to kind of observe how the cognitive performance of the participants would vary depending on whether they saw red or blue during just performing tasks. And the red groups did better on press for recall and attention to detail. So like remembering words or checking their spelling and punctuation. And the blue groups did better on tasks that were requiring invention or imagination. So they were better at coming up with creative uses for a brick or, you know, creating toys from collections of shapes. So you can even just print on those different colors of papers, depending on your goal, like a red color can be used when you want to improve memory or when they're completing a task like proofreading, because it helps focus in on those details. And red is great for boosting recall and attention to details. So maybe if you're setting up those little um, dividers when they're taking a test on the table, you know, the little privacy nook, whatever, like maybe make it red because that can help them remember everything and be more attentive to the detail. And then on the other hand, if you're doing, you know, STEM challenges or something, then you might want blue because that's better when they're brainstorming in a group or when you want them to think creatively or think out of the box because seeing the blue will activate the inventive and imagination side of things. Oh, that's a great um, idea. And we can kind of, that's so cool. Kind of, sorry. Yeah. No, that's really interesting. I found it fascinating. Yeah, very right? interesting. Yeah. So even when we're like, you know, with using red pens or blue pen, you know, like we can make those smaller choices with just kind of an awareness of that. Yeah, it was just that made me think that I know they say not to use red pens because red pens are scary and it makes, you know, it can be intimidating. But that makes me think that in some cases, 
if we do want them to remember something specific like the spelling mistake that they made in a word and the correct spelling, maybe seeing that in red would be beneficial to them. Right. Interesting. So that kind of makes us then think about how else can we use color for students and in their assignments. I know a lot of us use highlighting with, and we've done that probably when we were students in school. We didn't necessarily use tons of different colors. There was the yellow highlighter, but at least adding that little bit of color in highlighting for as long as I can remember was helpful, you know, help us to remember the information in your, your textbooks or your worksheets and things like that. But there's a lot of research, as you said, there's research out there to indicate that color really does help with memory. In our study skills episode, a couple episodes back, I referenced a book that cites Eric Jensen's book called Brain-Based Learning. And according to his book, um, we remember colors first and context next. And he cited and stated that color visuals increase willingness to read by up to 80%. So if we're thinking about wanting students to read certain notes, if they're, as you said, on colored paper, that might help their willingness, you know, to, to read. And using color can increase motivation and participation by up to 80%. So thinking about different ways we can add color to the classroom to get them um, students more motivated and interested in participating. And using color enhances uh, learning and improves retention by more than 75%. So those are just a few things I'm that he talked so- about by all that neuroscience that's it's incredible to me like just how the brain process it like yeah the, the researchers have found that the color is the first most powerful stimulus that the brain will recognize you, like it'll process the color before anything else so they discover that like the information first goes into the color center of our brains and from there then it move the information is going to move to other parts of the brain that detect you know the motion the shapes edges transitions anything like that but um, our response to color first is very significant and then we use color for pattern recognition so i always think it's important to take advantage of that for learning and memory too you know anytime they can be color coding using different colors you know always put a formula in a certain color in the notes or you know color matching color coding different things any time that the kids can between the color of the marker they're using or the color of the paper or anything at all, it's going to be a key factor. And it's really important for working memory in their brains. And then it's also the most likely aspect to be stored in long-term memory. So just connecting color with any concepts we're teaching in any way we can is definitely helping boost that long-term memory power. In 2002, researchers discovered that subjects performed 5 to 10% better on standardized pattern recognition tests when they were administered in color, like just on the test, rather than black and white. And it also boosted their memory over time. So it's pretty amazing. So they did better yep. just because it was in <laughs> color instead even of black and white. 5 to 10% color. better just because it was color. Yeah. And, okay. So, so imagine just the, the fact that it was in color. Meaningful color. We see this in like stop signs too. Obviously, we know stop signs are red, but that is what our brain registers and notice. We don't actually read the word STOP. Uh, it's called picture superiority effect, where we're going to spot the color, then the shape, and these things are like a hierarchy in our brain. So the pictures are always going to be the most powerful stimulus, whatever color they are, everything like that. And the language is secondary. It's really interesting. This is a completely side note here, but up the street from our house, there is a no outlet sign. It's a yellow diamond. 
And my granddaughter has seen that sign and she is so fascinated by it and she calls it the big yellow diamond. She did not pay attention to the letters that were on it initially, even though she knows the letters. And we literally would go for walks just to see the big yellow diamond. And and so it's like yellow came first and then the shape that it was. And eventually we were like, oh, what letters do you see on there? But even knowing there were letters, it is the big yellow diamond. That's so cool. That's cute. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's how kids, that's how our students are, though. Like when we do, I like all the, you know, coloring and doodle notes and all these things, color coding. But that's why it works, because they can then on the test time, they can visualize the page in their mind and they will remember like, oh, yep, I was drawing little purple triangles, like you said, color first, and then the mm-hmm. shape, you know, in mm-hmm. the corner while my teacher said this with her voice. And so they're going to remember, you know, they can visualize the page the visuals are so important, but the color is a key piece. And then that's going to connect. There's dual coding theory, which tells us how people used to think like, oh, visual learner or auditory learner. And people love those, you know, the learning style. But mm-hmm. the scientists have found that it's kind of a myth, which people cling to. They're so proud. Like some people have a preference. Like I love visual learning or auditory learning or kinesthetic learner. But they found that all brains actually learn best by connecting the visual and the linguistic information. So they're kind of processed in two different buckets of the brain. And when you can connect them, that's how you build the neural pathways that are going to lead to the long-term memory. So we really need to take advantage anytime we can combine, you know, the visuals, the colors, the shapes, imagery, along with either auditory or written text. Either way, that's linguistic information. And it's best when it's blended with something visual and making those connections is going to make all the difference in number one, focusing their brains in, but then number two, remembering it long term. And you've got some blog posts that talk about some of these things, correct? I do. I have a few. I have one all about color. I have one on dual coding. Yeah. So there's plenty at mathdraft.com on all of those things. We'll make sure. To yeah, link we'll that. make sure. Yeah, in the show notes. I I will have to admit I do have a blog post on the the old learning styles, and it's been hard for me to like let that go. So, yeah, it listening so to this is people. interesting. Yeah. yeah, people do not want to let it go. They cling to that because because you feel like it's like a piece of like something about yourself that you know. But it's mm-hmm. and it's it's a true thing, but it's more of a preference than an actual strength. So you may prefer, yeah, people prefer a certain learning style, but they kind of debunk that myth, but people, it's, it's hard to let it go. Yeah. That's fascinating. That's been around for a long time. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. So different colors can also have an emotional and psychological impact on us. They can evoke responses from students in different ways based on the color that we're using. Like warm colors like red and orange stimulate energy and creativity, while cool colors like blue, greens, um, and sometimes purples can promote calmness and focus. And understanding these effects can help teachers choose the right colors for different classroom elements. Yeah, it's those are important things to keep in mind, like with especially the way you decorate, because that's when you're going to have a huge swatch of color in your classroom. But even just with the paper you're putting in the coffee machine or the colored pen you're choosing, there are different learning related and emotional different color connections. Like green is going to have a calming effect. And we know that about like painting our houses and things, of course, but we can keep that in mind in in school too, Mm. that green is going to be calming, but it also can increase efficiency and focus. So there are going to be a time and a place, you know, times and places to use the green. 
Um, whereas red stimulates the adrenal glands. So it's definitely not relaxing. Can I ask a question about green? Mm-hmm. What Would that mean like including plant life? Yes. I mean, is that type of green something that, that would be sure. helpful yes, and calming green. in the classroom if Plus possible? Plus then it cleans the air. Right, right. And also is calming. I mean, that's nature yeah. is calming, but especially yeah. the greenery. Yeah, definitely. That's a great yeah, idea. Yeah. I love the thought of putting plants in. in the yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So red, stimulating the adrenal glands, which can boost performance and be energizing. Um, mm. It can increase memory and recall. Uh, but because of that heightened state, it also can cause stress responses or like feeling of threats. So you have to be careful. It makes people really pay attention, but they're going to feel like that their system activated sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. So use it wisely and be careful. And it's going to affect different students differently. Yeah. So that's I, where that red pen thing comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Brittany, go ahead. I was going to say in my third year of teaching, I consistently used red pen to grade and I would give a lot of feedback. And I <laughs> once had a pa- parent return a paper that said, do you have to bleed all over the, the student's work? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just felt I changed like right then. I, I went mm. out and got a big pack of multicolored pens and immediately started grading in different colors. Mm. Yeah. No. I just felt But so there is bad. a place for red. <laughs> but there is a place for red, right? So I once worked somewhere where red pens were just completely outlawed. Not education, but I thought it was interesting. Red pens <laughs> people, I guess, panic, you know. <laughs> interesting. That's interesting. Um, and then you have orange. Orange is a good mood booster, but it can be overstimulating for some students. So you've got to be careful. Keep it in mind if you have, you know, students who have special needs or you have a very energetic class, you've got to kind of be careful about your use of orange. Hmm. Um, it's it's an option to use if you need a mood boost. Okay. You know, if you've got a class that's always kind of down after recess, then maybe, then maybe pull yeah. that out. Okay. But if they're super energetic already, then yeah, no. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> Steer clear, right? And pink Pink will be calm, calming effect. So, in fact, seeing pink actually lowers the heart rate physically. Hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you can print on pink, you know, for after gym class or something when they're all riled up or let them use their pink markers to take the notes at that moment. If you, you know, you can kind of just observe these things as you're standing there. And when you read the room, be like, okay, everybody pull out your pink marker. And, (laughs) you know, you might notice a small effect, even if it's just a little. Right. That's great. Blue is going to be good for productivity. Um, and it's great for like a challenge or a difficult task. Because remember about the imagination and innovation. So mm. it's going to be really good for high levels of thought. If you use too much blue, you can get a sense of detachment or coldness. So it's helpful to mix the blue with warmer colors too. So okay. you can use that when you're color coding, you know, say like, okay, use blue for this and green for this or something when you have multiple colors. And yeah, it's great for things like a STEM challenge or something like that, because it's going to help boost their creative thought. And then of course you have yellow. Yellow is happiness, but it's going to stress the system if it's overdone. So we've got lots of options to choose from. What about purple? Do you know anything about purple? I do not know much about purple. That's a great question. All right. We'll have to look into purple. Yeah, I I think I've seen that it's in the more calming colors. Blue with blue and green, it's it's cools, one of those. Yeah. yeah, it's in the cools, um, so it does tend to calm. 
but I don't know of its specific effects. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of people like purple. Yellow, a lot of people don't like. Yellow is the most disliked color. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I love wearing yellow. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I have no yellow clothing. <laughs> I never have. Yeah, we don't have. I realized that recently because I finally had one piece of yellow clothing in the laundry. It was my daughter's. And I realized it was the I was like, what is the yellow? It like caught my eye because we never have yellow. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. Statistics say 66% of teachers have a hard time with classroom management. Whether it's seating, personalities, time management, noise, or something else, classroom management can be tough. By using time-tested forms, fun games and activities, interactive materials and plans, and celebrating successes of all types, you can become a classroom management ninja and stop being a part of that 66%. Check out the category classroom management in the Colorado Classroom Store on TPT or join the Colorado Classroom Classroom Management newsletter by grabbing a digital mental health check-in form at thecoloradoclassroom.com shop. Soon, your classroom management problems will vanish, just like the ninja in the night. One thing to be concerned about with color, or to be aware about with color, is like special needs. My son is somewhat colorblind. He's a, I, I can never get the word, the, the colors right, but he cannot see hues correctly. So he cannot tell the difference between like a light blue and a light green or a light blue and a medium blue. And so if you're like looking for specifics of those in the classroom, you have to be careful because, you know, you're going to get colorblind kids who can't who can't see and tell the difference between maybe what you're looking for. Definitely. And also with the contrast, like those kids have a hard time if you're going to put pink on red, we need to really be aware of any, there are all different kinds of visual impairments, obviously, but my nephew and and now my niece, who's still young and not in school, but they have a rare um, eye condition. And so it includes colorblindness along with a bunch of other challenges. And um, it's a like a retina problem. So yeah, you learn like definitely high contrast. Um, and with this, it's like depth perception too. So that, that contrast, like making things stand out, but also when you orient everything toward keeping those needs in mind, it ends up better for everyone. So mm. you always, you know, a, a good contrast with the light against the dark is always going to be better. So when you're making, you know, PowerPoint slides for your class or, you know, the decoration, anything you're hanging up that they need to read, that's going to be gentler on everyone's eyes. But it also is going to automatically work better for those students who have a lot of trouble with that. So, yeah, definitely don't go monochromatic on things that need to stand out. That's a great thing to think about. Yeah, you can use coloring as, you know, an interactive experience in class. Sometimes we stop letting kids just color once they're done with, you know, the primary grades. But older kids, it's still very calming to color. Uh, Anytime you can do it purposefully, you're kind of, you know, hitting two things at once, get them color coding, activate the brain, plus the relaxing effect. It's kids need that Mm -hmm. mental health boost these days, like just a, a break 
something relaxing and calming is wonderful for everybody. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think we're all three of us are very much in favor of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes the kid, the middle school kids think, you know, maybe they're too cool for color, too cool for coloring. But once they do it a little bit, you know, they do find those calming effects. They do find the benefits of it and they start to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you just have to introduce them to it and get them out a little bit at a time and then bring it on more and more. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you do it a couple of times, you can kind of point out and they'll start noticing those effects. And then even if they weren't that into it, they might do it because it does help them remember. Like if you start kind of making them aware, like, oh, what were you visualizing on that test? And they like, they'll realize, oh yeah, I was remembering exactly how I colored that Mm -hmm. thing in my notes. And so then once they kind of see for themselves, like, oh, it did help me and they admit it, then, then even those more hesitant ones will be like, all right, it's worth it. I'll do the bare minimum of coloring, you know? And you don't need to force, like, you don't need to force them to all decorate their notes like crazy. That's not for everybody. You know, the minimal amount will work for the brain-based effects and that's perfectly fine. And of course, some kids will get so into it and take their pages home and, you know, color all night long. And and that's fine too. It'll (laughs) keep solidifying in their brains, I guess. But after a certain point, that's just for fun, you know. Right, right. Just something I remembered. My daughter's college class last semester, she had a coloring book for science and she had to color different animals and the different parts of the animals and colors and learn the different parts of the animals that way through a coloring book. And that was her homework all semester was to color the coloring book. So very cool. I've seen they do that for anatomy color, like color coding everything in anatomy uh, books where they have it all. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. In conclusion, the use of color in the middle school classroom goes far beyond aesthetics. It has a profound impact on student engagement, retention of material, organization, communication, emotional well-being, and so much more. We've learned so much today, and by understanding and harnessing the power of color, teachers can create a vibrant and effective learning environment that supports the diverse needs of their students while facilitating their educational journey. Before we go, Bridget, where can our listeners find you? The best place would be mathgiraffe.com. I do have all of these links there where you can learn more. Um, I also do use Instagram at mathgiraffe where you can check that out if you're curious too. A lot of inspiration. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. Well, check out the show notes for all the links. And if you found this episode helpful, please screenshot it and share it on Instagram. Remember to tag us and to check out mathgiraffe.com for all her insights on dual coding, the use of color, and more. We'll see you next time. Bye. You just listened to The Teaching Toolbox. Follow them on your favorite platform for more episodes and share it with a friend.